right, we are back. This is episode one. Uh, I can't even take a guess at what season it is. Um, if I had to, um, John and a few other guys always give me a hard time because I always like increase the number of the season, but I think we're on season eight. Um, I'll go back. John will correct me on that. Uh, so excited to be back. Football's in the air. Um, Actually, as you can see on the TV, my Orioles aren't out of playoff contention yet, and it is almost August, so it's been a good summer, but I am definitely ready for some football to be back. Uh, man, this this podcast and uh, live stream has just gone to all new levels, and I want to spend the first few minutes thanking some people before we jump in. We have a great show, a great season lined up. Um, Today's guests are Ian McCall and Kyle DeArmon. We're going to do live with 55 as part of the podcast this year. And then we also have um, the Liberty Line, Richie Longshots, uh, who has kind of taken t Liberty's Twitter by storm this year. Uh, he is doing the Liberty Line all season long. Uh, we have plenty of great things happening this season, but I wanted to start with a few thank yous. First, I want to thank John Manson, uh, founder, creator, all things The Sea of Red. Man, that guy has just put in the work for 10 years now with The Sea of Red. He goes to every uh, every media conference or interviews, uh, press conferences, what I'm trying to say. He's at most every game. I think he's going to 11 out of the 12 football games this year. Uh I, he he's he's just he he loves Liberty Athletics. He goes hard at it, and he has provided myself and so many others a platform here to kind of talk about our favorite football team and uh, favorite uh, university athletics. And so, John, thank you so much. A sea of red dot com. Uh, there is nothing else like it. It is the big time. It's the big leagues. If you if you look at Kentucky, you look at Duke, you look at Ohio State, you look at Florida State. What John does with a sea of red and how he covers these teams is uh, is is amazing. So first of all, thank you, John. Second, I want to thank uh, our sponsors. So we have a couple of guys that have been with us for a while now. Um, we have RT Rogers. He's an alumni. Uh, Greg Rogers owns and operates that company. They're out of Hinton, West Virginia, and they uh, deliver fuel and uh, all kinds of different fuel. But he's a Liberty alumni, close family friend. Um, Greg, thank you so much, man. And uh, he is going to be sponsoring the Live with 55s this year. Uh, and second is Jason Porter. Jason is a good friend of the show. He's been around Liberty Athletics for a very long time. Um, and he got into the real estate game and he just has a passion for Liberty Athletics. If you listen to anything um, affiliated with, with Van Wagner and the school, um, he is advertising there. He advertises with us. He wants to be so connected to the athletics. We'll be hearing and seeing from him all season long. Thank you, Jason, for your support. Love it. And uh, he's at all the games, too. He, he's a big Flames fan, so it's kind of a win-win a there. Next, I want to thank uh, my guy, uh, Vines Palm Connection, Nick Kirby. He's here in the background. You can't see him. He is producing this show. Uh, you know, he he has his own um, Cincinnati Reds show and he, he loves the Reds and uh, he, he kind of taught me how to do all this stuff. I reached out to him and uh, he's actually going to be doing the basketball podcast this year. Uh, so looking forward to that. He did a little bit last year. Uh, he's just been a good friend and uh, loves Liberty basketball. And uh, he's producing this show. He's the one who showed me how to do all the video editing and all the different tricks and how to use StreamYard, which is the platform we use. Uh, so he's taken us from sounding like we were talking in side of the tunnel that connects East and West campus and just kind of sounding super bozo. And, and our, I remember our, 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 uh, podcast for a while, just sound like we were just talking like this all the time and there was no video. It was kind of, kind of lame, but, uh, man, he's taking us to new heights here. So Kirby really appreciate you, man. And, uh, he's, he's going, always going out of his way to answer questions and then uh, lastly, I just want to thank uh, the fans. You know, I want to thank everybody who watches and engages and listens. It's uh, when we started this thing eight years ago, you know, we talked a lot about how this was more for the community. Um, you know, I, I obviously enjoy doing it, but uh, this is not for me to have interaction. This is not for me to build a platform, to get followers, to all that, you know, it kind of comes with it. But at the same time, like, honestly, that is not, not why we're here. Uh, we would be doing this like we were eight years ago when nobody was watching and listening. And uh, so it, it, I, I just want to 
it makes it so much more fun when you guys are interacting and and uh you always you guys are always so kind and and nice liberty twitter i always say it there's nothing like it it's different here uh it's it's uh completely there are some fantastic oh, so here's why i think it's different i think most of us either went to a private school or were homeschooled and so all of that creativity where we didn't have anything else going on is kind of bottled up and then we just kind of let it all out on our our favorite teams and so liberty twitter is a special place uh but just just the engagement it's a fun time uh and i know i said lastly but i got one other one other group to think and that is uh liberty athletics everybody from ian mccall who we'll hear from tonight um and all the way down um everybody from steven gonzalez to todd wetmore uh everyone that helps us get guests and is coordinating with us and you know <laughs> We've come a long way. We've come a long way in eight seasons with with how we do that. So that is uh we got a fun season plan for you guys. These things are gonna be awesome. Uh so without without further ado, we'll go ahead and get started here. Bring in our first guest, and that is uh live with 55 as a segment, and that is uh Brendan Schlittler. Hey man, it looks like uh how you doing? How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? Hey man, it, I am doing good. It's uh awesome to be back with you this year. Um Yeah, I guess uh, here we are again. We're not doing this the night of the game, so you're not having to rush off to dinner with your parents or uh, you know, post-game responsibilities. I know this is an NIL deal for those of you that don't know. Uh, you know, name, image, likeness. We're able to have Brendan on and, and talk, and it's a scheduled thing, a weekly thing. So it's a it's a great thing for him. It's a great thing for us. Uh, offensive lineman, right guard, uh, started as a sophomore. Uh, I, I, I guess um, you know one of the anchors of our offense this year. So excited about that. But um, you know, loved having you on, and uh, really excited to do this again this year. Um, very well, very well calculated, very well spoken and, uh, and all that. So that's, that's a plus for us. And, uh, we're not playing any gotcha games and we don't want to break any news here. And, uh, he knows the drill. So, uh, first of all, how was your summer? What did you do this summer in terms of, uh, football, non-football related things? I saw you got to go, um, out to Vegas, which looked pretty cool. So tell us about your summer and, and what you got going on. Yeah, summer started pretty nicely. Uh, went out to uh, Vegas and watched Malika drafted. Um, good time. JB went with me, so we had a good time with that. And then uh, just went home for a week or two and came back and started working out and running with the guys. You know, uh, Mr. Watkins was here a couple weeks early, so him and John Curtis and a couple of the guys started uh, we started training pretty early. And throughout the summer, just uh, to grind, just a lot of running, a lot of lifting, and um took a few short trips but nothing crazy just been you know ready for the season so talk about your fit your fitness i i guess and uh what what have what were you focused on this summer for you individually uh did you want to gain weight did you want to lose weight did you want to tone up did you want to get a certain lift up or were you just all at it like doing whatever dom said or did you did you really not have any any of those types of goals this summer I would say always good to become more, you know, increase your mobility and your flexibility, being able to bend. And um, that was a big focal point because going into my fifth season, you can only squat so much, but you got to be able to bend and you got to be able to play low. So uh, that's a big thing. And then also just getting in the best shape we can. Um, I think we want to go pretty fast this season. So got to be able to run, you know, 80, 90 plays consistently. So. Um, what, tell me about the, all these new guys coming in. I mean, first of all, uh, we'll, we'll start with the coach. I have uh, watched, I don't know how to say his last name. I, I'm going to call him Coach K. Uh, that's what he goes by on Twitter. And uh, first of all, when you watch this guy go up and down the sidelines and practice, and, and it, it's like only thing I could think of is energy. Is that what he brings all the time? Or is this a game day thing? Or is this in meeting rooms? Is this in conversations over lunch? Uh, tell me, tell me a little bit about the new offensive line coach. How you've kind of gelled with him, and then is that his personality all the time? Yeah, anytime it's football, you're talking football, watching film, meeting, anything. He's got 
crazy energy. And, um, you know, that always helps on where, I mean, it's seven in the morning this morning we're meeting and he comes in there fired up, ready to go. So he's definitely got a spark to him that helps the group. Um, but when we're talking life, he's very calm, cool, collective, and, uh, has great wisdom. So we've gelled great with him. When we came in, we were meeting, um, he did a great job in our meetings, just explaining, you know, the way he does his things and how we're going to run stuff. So I think he's been a great addition. Awesome. So I, uh, also, in addition to the new coach, we have several different transfers, and uh, you know, you've named you've named one or two here. Uh, I know there's going to be several that are going to get playing time. I guess I, I, you're going to say, yeah, they're all looking good and they're all going to contribute. But my question is, uh, you talked a lot about last year about communication and being on the same team, and and the five guys up front blocking, and even the tight end, the sixth guy. Uh, it's it's a lot less uh, about individual skill like a running back or a, a wide receiver or a quarterback might be, this is like you re- you guys really have to be on the same page. So I guess what's the cohesiveness been like? Uh, I, I'm assuming, I'm not in those meeting rooms, but I'm assuming they're expecting you to step up in some type of leadership role there to kind of get everybody on the same page. And, and we don't have Dirty Tom anymore out there who felt like he was there for, for decades. Uh, what is, what is, what has that been like? Are you the, now a vocal leader or any more than, than you had been in the past? And is that been the main goal of the summer is to get you guys on the same page? Yeah, I definitely have taken on a new role. As you said, we lost a lot of guys on the team overall, but definitely Tom being that guy that was there for so long, um, to fill that void, definitely had to have a lot of people step up. It started in January with these new guys. I mean, they, I think three of the four came in January. So just tell them kind of what happened last year and letting them, I mean, they watched the film on their own and they saw it. So they knew what happened and they knew why they were coming in and they knew our goal. So we made it pretty clear from the get go, what we were trying to do, what we're trying to fix. And those guys have been fantastic. I think all of them have bought in and uh, will continue to just pour into our line um, experience across the board. They all have different stories and different experiences. So, it's going to be really cool to see, but we have gelled great. Um, we're all on the same page. Top guys are all bought in, and it's going to be an exciting time. So what in the world – I mean, I feel like you have graduated with eight degrees so far. Uh, what, are, what are you doing at school? Are you even in school anymore? What's the, what's the move there academically for you these next several semesters? Uh, do you just continue getting master's and all that kind of stuff? Or what, what do you got going on academically? I kind of flew through my first two undergrads. I got one in finance and one in sales and marketing. And then after that, I said, I'm not going to stress myself too much. So I take uh, three online courses in my master's of uh, business every single semester. And right now I'm just kind of taking it slow and um, really trying to focus on football. Awesome, man. So uh, RT Rogers, I talked a little bit about him earlier. Uh, tell us a little bit about who they are. I know you got to meet Greg at a game last year, uh, and uh, he's looking forward to that again this year. Uh, tell us a little bit about them, and, and I know you have a little ad read there for him. Yeah, I know you already thanked Greg, but uh, I want to thank him as well. Got to meet him and a bunch of his family in the fall, and they were just great people. And, you know, just chatting with them, got to thank him in person. But I want to thank him again. But uh, he owns a company that was established in 1971, and uh, they've expanded to distribute energy products in six different states across America. Um, they keep thousands of commercial and industrial customers on the move every day. And regardless of your fueling needs or location, they bring quality fuel, exceptional service, and leading expertise right to you. So if anyone needs any of that, you know where to go. Uh, great man, great people, great family. So definitely thankful for what he's done. Awesome. And uh, I will say, when they say if you need fuel anywhere – Literally, where they at, are at in Hinton, West Virginia is like, I mean, it is in the sticks and in the side of the mountain. So they know how to get to places. Anyways, Brendan, looking forward to it this summer, man. Uh, great to catch up, and we will catch you next week. Oh, by the way, one thing I wanted to mention. The reason Brendan's the first guest, not 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 only because he's one of our most important guests, but because he goes to bed at 9 o'clock <laughs> because they have to get up at like, 5 30 in the morning or something he was like hey man i got a bedtime i was like all right well we can throw you first thing in the on the show so uh go go get some uh z's and uh get ready for 6 a.m tomorrow i appreciate it. you guys have a good one
Thanks, man. Well, All right. So uh, up next, we have uh, Ian McCall. We're going to uh, play an interview that we had with Ian McCall. And uh, he's always so gracious with the show. Uh, he it, it feels like every year he's been here. And uh, you'll hear in the interview, correct me, he's been here five years, five and a half years. And every year of the podcast, he's our first first uh, episode guest. So uh, I, I love that. And uh, it's a tradition that I, that I uh, kind of took note of this year. So here is the interview with Ian McCall. All right, guys, we are with uh, Ian McCall, Athletics Director at Liberty University. Uh, you know, Ian, I guess this is going into, oh man, I'm going to get this wrong, fourth year at Liberty it seems like a, a long time, but it seems like a blur all at the same time. Um, how you doing? Yeah, doing great, Chess. Actually, um, about five and a half. So, uh, yeah, time flies. Awesome. So <clears throat> we, we, a lot has changed in the five and a half years. Uh, one of the main things that I'm interested in is the conference realignment with Conference USA. Uh, you know, I think we're less than a year away, the, less than a year away from competing in Conference USA. Um, I know that we there were TV negotiations going on as far as a, a partnership with uh, TV contracts that was happening this uh, spring and summer. Are we nearing any type of decision? Have we have we gotten close? What is happening there? Are you involved in any of that? And just where where do these uh, where do these uh, TV negotiations stand? Yeah, so uh, those are handled by the conference office, and they they certainly keep the athletic directors and presidents engaged in that, but. Uh, my understanding is the negotiations are progressing well, um, and we're going to have a very favorable outcome. I expect that Conference USA will end up with fewer television partners than they've had in previous years, uh, but I think we're hopeful that we'll be able to increase both revenue and exposure um, through this uh, set of negotiations, and uh, hopefully they'll be completed by uh, by this fall and, and in place for next year. So. <clears throat> One of the one of the mottos, mantras, slogans for the athletic department of the last few years has been "Rise with us." I love that. Um, I, I think it's a great mantra. And, and honestly, the athletics program has done that. They have, with the facilities and and the the level, the talent, and and the championships, and everything has kind of risen to a new level we've never experienced before over the last few years. My question is more about the fan base. With, um, you know. Flames Club membership, season ticket holders, um, you know, even like if you have the numbers of how many of us are watching all of our games on TV, traveling to away games, all of that. Have you seen the level of fanship or buy in to the athletics department kind of mimic that rise with us um, slogan? Yeah, uh, Chad, it's a great question. And, uh, you know, certainly the Liberty brand is an all time high. And so on the field, um, you know, we're really fortunate. We have uh, it's the best coaching staff across the board we've ever had, the best rosters we've ever had. And uh, so so that certainly is where it starts. But then off the field, uh, we have seen incredible growth in season ticket sales. We're over uh, 8,000 football season ticket sales um, right now and uh, um, still with a couple weeks ago. And uh, Flames Club membership is a record level. So we're really fortunate that there's been great growth in the fanship and um you know, that's something that I expect will continue as we, we move into Conference USA. I know they they certainly consider adding Liberty uh, to be a coup for uh, for the conference, and uh, hopefully we can validate that. So we talked a little bit about them adding Liberty there. You know, conference realignment still, it kind of feels very volatile still. Every once in a while, a big story will pop up. Or most recently, you have the two uh, Pac-12 or the two LA schools moving over to the Big Ten. And then recently the Big Ten has announced their um, their TV deal. Everything kind of still feels pretty volatile. What kind of negotiations is the Conference USA having right now about protecting its membership that it's established? And, and I think I've seen, you know, a few ADs refer to it as the new nine or something like that. What is What is it about protecting that new nine? Is it kind of like, you don't really control what happens, but at the same time, you try to protect your interests the best you can. How do you, how's Conference USA approaching that particular topic? 
Yeah, well, you know, the, the first and most important steps what we just talked about is having a, a strong television agreement. And uh, if members feel like they're getting great exposure and, and strong revenue streams, that makes it really desirable. And as you mentioned, I think we have uh, nine very solid members at this point, but I think we're in a really strong position right now and solidifying the television agreement will be a huge step. Yes, it will. We're excited to see that television agreement and just to, I think that'll add some type of uh, security blanket, you know, and it just feels, it just feels super volatile and I, I don't like it. I want to be, I want to be safe and secure um, in a, in a conference. So let's talk about the football stadium projects, tons of projects going on over there. There have been for years now, I guess uh, <laughs> I'm going to use a project management term here. They don't have a lot of float in their schedules. That means if something doesn't happen, there's not enough, there's not any time to make up, so to speak. So what is, what is it with these football stadium projects in particular? I know you can't use it. You can't really do a lot of the projects until after graduation. And then you only have until the first home game to get it complete. Uh, is the stadium projects that we have going on, are they going to be done by uh, kickoff here in a few weeks on the 10th for our first home game? And then second part of that question, you've been involved in a lot of football stadium projects. Uh, projects like this where there's that crunch time during the summer and seems to always be a rainy season how much sleep have you lost and how many gray hairs have you gotten because of uh no float in football specific facility projects yeah well that's a that's certainly a hot topic around here right now it just seems like these uh summer stadium projects just fill whatever schedule is available in such a way that they're always completed like a day or even hours before the first game. It's just uh, just the way it works out. I've actually experienced both. Um, and uh, But, you know, we, we feel really good about where we are right now. Obviously, the field's complete. We had the scrimmage on it Saturday. The east side seating's complete. Uh, we feel really good about the berm and the cabanas. They're moving well. The, uh, the west side sl- uh, seating is moving slower than I'd like. So if you see uh, Mickey Gritty and I out there installing seats, you know, it's probably not a good sign. But um, I have lost a little bit of sleep over the years, but I feel good about where we are with uh, with these projects. Yeah, that's the one thing that I've noticed is those seats over there. And, and John and I were actually talking about how many seats is it? How how much? How long do they take per seat to install? Is there a team that we could put together to go up there? So it sounds like you guys are all over it, and uh, you guys are going to jump on that one. Um, so another question. I, I know we had a potential for a sellout a couple years ago against Syracuse. They were a top twenty-five team. Um, you know, Syracuse didn't come down here in the quite the numbers that I, maybe I expected, but I'm not really good at predicting those types of things. So I'll ask somebody who is good at predicting those types of things. Will we have our first ever sellout at Williams Stadium this year? Yeah, you know, I, you know again, it's going to be up to the fans and, and especially our students, but I think we'll have a great crowd for UAB uh, to open the, the, uh, the home schedule. And I think the potential is there for both BYU and Virginia Tech to be the biggest home crowds in Liberty history. So whether they're true sellouts or not, um, you know, that may come down to the wire, maybe a close call. But, um, you know, again, we're, we're over 8,000 season tickets right now. If we can get to maybe 9,000 and uh, have real good student support and, um, you know, get some momentum behind us, I think certainly uh, a true sellout's uh, in play for this year. That would be That'll be one that I will want to be there for. It'll be a pretty, pretty historic moment um, in, in that stadium. So uh, <clears throat> w- talking about bowl games for Conference USA, um, I know right now we have the partnership with ESPN. I'm, I'm guessing that's still in effect for, you know, it was about six games. Maybe they've added some. Um, but what type of bowl situation are we in with Conference USA? Do we have you don't have to list specific bowls, but is it more tie-ins? Uh, is it some of the same tie-ins? Um, is there a possibility of playing, uh, you know, are there other conferences, even power five conferences that we could potentially be playing in bowl games because of our standing in the conference USA, how has conference in USA impacted our bowl eligibility? You know, once we reach bowl eligibility, our, our standing with different bowls. Yeah, Chad, so conference USA, um, currently has seven bowl tie-ins and, and that could change with the new configuration, but, uh, um, there are three bowls that will be constants in, in our rotation, and that'll be the Bahamas Bowl, the Independence Bowl, and the New Orleans Bowl. So those three will be locked in. And then beyond that, um, those are, again, really recognized, uh, attractive destination type of bowl games. And then beyond that, um, 
I think many of the, the Conference USA Bowl games are the ones we have similar access to right now through our ESPN agreement. So some of the ones that we've either played in or we've been candidates for. So uh, we feel really good about it. And uh, obviously the important part is we do uh, do our part and uh, and make sure that we're, uh, we're bowl eligible. Yeah, exactly. I was. Uh, I hope my wife doesn't watch this podcast because she's going to want to go to the Bahamas every other mm-hmm. year or so. And and I'm I'm not sure we could do that, but uh, that that's exciting. That's really cool to hear. Um, so talking about the schedule, uh, you know, that's it seems to be what moves the needle with the fans all the time. That's what we hear and talk about that the schedule and upcoming schedule. So the question I have for you is back in the day, whenever we first got, uh, became an FBS member and we had to, uh, get our schedules to FBS eligibility. Um, that was a pretty tall task. I remember you guys having to basically take any game that we could get that was FBS eligible. And we were trying to build these schedules. That was really tough. I remember you and Mickey talked a lot about how hard that was. And then a couple of years later we go and we're like, all right, we're going to, to rip these things all the way down and join and make room for eight conference games. Which one of those has been more difficult? I know we're not through with the, uh, with, with the rebuilding for a conference yet. So it's not, maybe we don't know exactly, but just from an outsider looking in on a macro level, which one of those was more difficult building a brand new schedule or uh, ripping apart at one that you have already built and making room for eight games. Well, both um, were very challenging, and um, you know, without the excellent work of Mickey Gritty and, and Dave Brown from uh, Gridiron, I don't even want to think about where we would be in either of those two processes. But you know, creating that initial FBS schedule um, for uh, independence was was definitely more difficult, um, just because we had to basically take any game that we could find and manufacture some along the way. So it was uh, it was really difficult, but. Um, um, we're making good progress on the downsizing of our schedule right now to go from 12 to four. It's, it's, it takes a while, but I feel really good about where we are. So I know you told John a few weeks ago and he, he wrote about it, about a, a model schedule. I don't even, I don't know if you use those words or not, but we would be in a good place by 2027 is kind of where we want to get to. You've mentioned that we were going to try to play an FCS, uh, two G fives and a P five, um, you know, that would be ideal. We don't, I'm not sure we're going to get that every year, but that would be an ideal model schedule, so to speak. My question is on the, the G5 and the P5, is there something you're looking for with those um, in terms of, do you want a competitive matchup? And what I mean by that, do you want like a, a Boise State or somebody that might not be regional, but they're competitive? Or are you looking for more regional um, they might not be as competitive. So, uh, I don't. I don't even know some of the schools, but like ODU, for example, you know that would be a great regional game. Um, you know, th- it could be competitive in some years, but they're not in the top 25 uh, uh, very often or up there. So, what is more of the philosophy with both the G5 and the P5 games that we're going to try to get to? Is it more of a competitive feel or more of a regional? We want we want uh, close by for our fans to be able to go or we want competitive, or is a little bit of both. Um, one one maybe for G5s, we want them to be competitive, and P5s, we want them to be regional. Or is it just, I'm digging way too deep into this, and we just need to leave all that stuff to Mickey, and uh, we're just going to play some good games here in the future? Yeah, well, you know, a couple things. Um, first of all, we, we don't necessarily get to handpick which games we want to keep on the schedule and which ones come off, because other schools um, – weigh in as well. And, you know, we had some schools contact us and say, hey, we know you have to get rid of some games. We'd like to come off the schedule. And and that included some power five opponents. So, um, you know, we, we lost some games that we might have preferred to keep. But um, anyway, I, I think the um, essentially the, the games kind of went into three buckets. We had um, some future games we had to cancel, some we kept and some we just shifted dates. So those are kind of the three categories uh, of what happened. But um, given how difficult this task is, uh, I'm I'm very happy with where we landed for 23 through 26. I think we did well with those schedules, but I'm thrilled with where we are 27 to 30. And uh, we still have some work to do beyond 30, but um, getting to those those 20 to se- 27 to 30 schedules, what you're gonna see is, uh, uh, regional Power Five, regional FCS, and in most cases, uh, at least one or two regional Group of Five games that would be attractive for our fans. So, um, anytime we can 
we can kind of create those regional rivalry games. That that's what we aspire to do. It's it's not always obtainable because uh, games. It's not as though we get to again handpick our schedule. But um, uh, I think we've got really good schedules. Twenty seven to thirty, and I think beyond thirty, we're going to end up in a, a good spot as well. Yeah, that is. Uh, so so we'll do the whole regional thing during the regular season and get the Bahamas for the postseason. I like that. I like that model schedule myself. You can say um, about yeah. Yeah, yeah. So not really a question, but just here's a comment for you. I've noticed recently in the last couple of years, uh, you have the AD box. Uh, I guess it's for friends and family, and, and I, I'm, I'm assuming you spend a little time up there, but it seems to be in the top, oh, uh, I don't know, near gate, near the main gate over there, near the bookstore. But you are always on the field presenting in the end zone over on, near the football operations center. So, so my suggestion or comment is, with as much time as you've been spending on the field and on the jumbotron, uh, you should probably get you a little room right there in the uh, in that football operations center to make your make get your steps down a little bit. Yeah, that probably saved me uh, wearing out as many shoes as I do during football season. But that's a good idea. But you know, anytime you're doing a lot of those presentations, that usually means that you've got increased donor support or increased corporate sponsorship support, and those are both good things. And then. The other thing we do a lot of is we celebrate championships and we've won 18 of those over the last two years. So that's a good thing, along with winning the uh, Virginia All-State um, All State Sports Championship each of the last two years for having the best winning percentage of any Division One program in the state. So we like to celebrate those kind of things. And uh, I'm always glad to, to go down the field and, and be a part of that. So with that, what can fans, I mean, I know we are have increased donors and Flames Club and, and season tickets are on there. And those are the things that you've always told me. What are what are the things, I guess you can list them, the top two or three, or give us anything else. What can fans do to continue to rise with these athletic programs? I mean, uh, seeing, the, seeing the rosters this year, uh, diving into the fall rosters, and, and we have a lot to be excited about this upcoming athletic season. And I guess... How can fans continue to rise rise with us, uh, as the motto says? Yeah, well, Chad, that's a, a fastball right down the middle, so I'll, I'll jump on it. A uh, couple things, obviously, anytime fans can buy season tickets and join the Flames Club, those are two things that are really foundational and, and help us be uh, successful. But purchasing and wearing Liberty gear uh, is great. Attending games, following the Flames through uh, – media, social media, watching our broadcasts, uh, our TV partners pay attention to that. Uh, those are all ways that uh, fans can support uh, the Flames and uh, all of them make a difference. So we're looking forward to having, uh, again, great products on the field and on the court um, this year. And uh, we're really excited about the direction of our program. Yep. I, uh, I, I think it's, uh, I'm excited about, you know, you said wearing Liberty gear. I'm excited about uh, you know, I love this time of year where I work at on Fridays, everyone wears their, their college athletic team, or if they don't have a college athletic team, they wear their NFL team. And it's kind of a cool thing. And I get to wear my Liberty red. I'm wearing my Liberty hat here to work today. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like, like you said, to wear and represent that brand. And I think our alumni are some of the, some of the smartest and, and best at their jobs, people around the country. And, and they are great, uh, band ambassadors brand ambassadors. Let me say that right. So Ian, much appreciate your time. Good luck this season. Um, I hope you had a good summer and we look forward to look forward to seeing you on the Jumbotron several times during the game here on September 10th. And if, if we don't see it before then, uh, uh, good luck. And Hey, if you, if you do need somebody to come drill in a few, uh, few seats on the, on the, I guess that's the West side, give John a call. I don't, I don't, I think I'll, I'm probably busy till September 10th, but if you need some help, give John a call. Sounds good, Chad. Hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Realty and Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for 
about uh, five or six years and then uh, moved into real estate full time and uh, with Legacy Realty and Development. And uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my Liberty University uh, family and the athletics family as well. I've been enjoying serving them. Uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that I hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services, which I really appreciate. But certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes, of course. And then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously very, very different animal than is residential. But uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front, too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to, um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well. Because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be uh, a service to you and yours. Thanks so much. All right. Well, uh, we are joined, as you can see, by uh, uh, a longtime flame in many different capacities, Mr. Kyle DeArmond. Uh Kyle, how are you doing tonight? Thanks so much for joining us. Where are you at? What are you doing? Uh, I know you're not with the football team anymore, but just tell us a little bit about uh, about where you're at, what you're doing, and uh, and how, how you've been doing these days. Uh, yeah, man. Good to see you. Uh, good to be on here. Uh, we, me and my wife and my son, who was born on June 13th, so he's about two months old, a little over two months old. We are currently living in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm doing business development for um, family business, and we're loving it. We're here for uh, probably another six months, and then we'll be moving down to Houston, Texas for uh, the long term. It's kind of the long term play. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been great. Um and been enjoying it it's definitely been different being out of football but um it's been good definitely what the lord had for us right now in this stage of life and and it's been fun being a dad these last two months and um so yeah it's been great awesome so, <clears throat> so i can see that uh you still have some liberty football gear on and uh you know i, I know with coaches sometimes it me it, you know <laughs> You can always you can always get a bunch of good gear whenever coaches move jobs because they end up cleaning out their whole closet. It feels like that, you know, with you being an alumni uh, of the school, feels like, you know, are you going to be watching the game still? Are you still involved in terms of like, do you have relationships with the coaches and the team? Um, you know, what is what is that going to be like for you? Are you going to do you plan to watch the games this year and kind of stay engaged in it that way? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, playing there. Um, and then coaching there, I think it was, you know, like 15 years of my life, practically half my life that I was a part of the football program, um, either playing or coaching. Um, so yeah, when I left, I obviously gave, we, you know, had a lot of stuff, so gave away, gave away a lot, but also kept a lot to be able to wear on Saturdays cheering on the flames. So yeah, of course, I mean, it's, it's my team. That's awesome, man. So, uh, I guess, I guess you're kind of in a unique spot right now where, you know, you are, you're fresh out of this. I'm sure you know a lot about what's going on right now with, with the team and the coaches and players. Uh, you know, you were just, you just kind of in it. And, but at the same time, you're going to try to be a fan and not be doing, doing any of the coaching responsibilities. Uh, what is it without obviously going into too much of the detail there? What is it? What, what's the team going through right now with, uh, you know, gearing up for a game, just kind of ha already had fall camp. What, what is the mo mood like 
in the locker room as they kind of gear up, but they're 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 not quite there yet. They got school starting, so everybody's going back to class. Uh, is practice a grind right now, or, or is the the momentum and the excitement of the first game kind of carrying everybody through this final two weeks? What's kind of if you had to gauge in your 15 year experience, what's the what's the mood of the team right now? Uh, I think this is always the week that is the hardest um, because you're coming off a of camp and then you break camp and then you have class and you start class and you have uh, kind of a regular week of practice where, you know, you have Monday off and then you go Tuesdays and, and they practice in the morning. So it's a little bit tougher this week to get ready because they don't have a game on Saturday, but you know, you're, you're game planning and you're preparing um, for the game. And, you know, they're, they're going through Southern Miss defense and offense and special teams and kind of doing all that stuff now. So, I mean, that is where they are at and they're going to, you know, continue to prepare and have a normal week. And then, you know, when Sunday rolls in, they'll, you know, it's game week at that point. So, but I know that, you know, they're, they're excited. Now you're always excited to, to practice and to be able to get out there. And so, so just based upon, uh, on your experience, what, you know, you're going to be in Charlotte and then you're going to be in Houston, uh, being outside of Lynchburg now, when, when you first came to Liberty, uh, where did you come to Liberty from? Florida. Where, where, Florida. Okay. Yeah, Clearwater, Florida. So, so Florida, you got you guys knew about Liberty a little bit. Your your friends, your your classmates in school might have known about Liberty when you first got here. Now you're going to Charlotte and Houston, and and I guess if you go back to Florida ever, what is the what is how has the brand changed in your opinion from when you first got here over the 15 years to now, now you're in Charlotte and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm a Liberty, Liberty alumni. You know, do you get a different, a different kind of take? Are they like, Oh yeah, that you guys had a great year last year or whatever versus like, Oh, where's that at? Or, or who's, you know, all that kind of thing. How has that changed in 15 years? Oh man. I mean, from the beginning, I mean, even when I came, when I came to Liberty, you know, that was, in 2006 and there was still a lot of people then that had no idea you know even i really didn't really know much about the school um and then you you know play through the my time there kind of got bigger and then even playing or even when i started coaching there i mean you'd still go into schools and people would not really know where it was or you know hey what division are you guys stuff like that and then and then you get into you know, the last couple of years when we went to FBS and then when Coach Freeze came and then it really started to pick up momentum when we were on national television. Um, and then, you know, with Antonio Gandy-Golden getting drafted and then obviously Coach Freeze coming in and then uh, Malik doing well and, uh, you know, going to three straight bowl games. I mean, now, you know, you don't ever talk to anybody and they're like, oh, I've never, I've never heard of Liberty. I mean, if they, if they know college football at all, they know who you freeze is and they know who Liberty is. And most people now know who Malik Willis is. So, I mean, it's, it's completely, it's, you know, a complete change from 2006 for sure. So uh, a question about the, the quarterback situation. So I don't know if I've ever seen a transfer come in and win the job the way he has. And freeze has talked us through this whole, the whole scenario with, you know, they have all the different metrics and then he goes a little bit on his gut and then he goes on um, just kind of the intangibles and the leadership in the locker room about those metrics that he talks about decision making and execution. I'm guessing that is uh, to dive into one of those. The execution piece, is that a completion or is it more did he put the ball uh, only where the like <clears throat> placement of the pass or does it even get into that kind of level or is it just completions? I guess I'm it was kind of fascinating to hear all about that process and, and kind of how they kind of graded out. And I know um, that was something that you kind of did for, for a while there um, these last couple of years. Is that kind of how it goes uh, in terms of that that execution grade? Yeah, the execution grade is is really like you said. You if you you make the right decision and then you know you make a catchable you know you throw a catchable ball that should be completed. It's not necessarily was it a completion, but you know did you use the right technique and you know throw a catchable ball? That would be what your 
you know, your grade off of, of execution. It's not always a completion because, you know, you have drops or, um, you know, ball may get batted down or, or something like that. But, you know, as long as the quarterback did his job correctly with first of all being decision-making, which is the biggest thing. Um, and then, you know, if they use the correct technique, then if they're making the right decision, then they're, they should be throwing to an open receiver. And then it just comes down to, can you make, you know, can you make the throw? And, you know, we used to always say like, we're not, you know, back in the day, it's like, we're, you know, we're not recruiting the right people if we can't, they're making the right decision. That's great. But you have to, you know, you got to complete the pass. I mean, you got to, you got to help the guys out and throw a catchable ball and let them catch and run and, and do what they're there to do. So are you going to be watching any Nashville, uh, well, Tennessee Titans games this year? And when you do, how surreal is that going to be to kind of, I mean, you've kind of gone through it with Gandy Golden, but at a, at a, at the quarterback level, somebody who you worked with day in and day out to see, uh, you know, just, just to know a little bit about what he's thinking whenever he, he messes up or he makes a great throw. Uh, is that, is that a cool experience to kind of watch that and be like, man, that, you know, I know exactly what is going through Malik's head right now or what he's telling his coach or what he's telling his teammates. Um, will you be watching those games and, and what, what kind of experience is that? Yeah. I mean, it was, it's been awesome to watch his first two preseason games and to see him do things that we, you know, have seen for the last three years. And then, you know, what you guys and the fans were able to see on game day and, and, and plays that he would make that, you know, you just kind of would shake your head and be like, man, I'm glad that guy's on our team. You know, like he, he did that thing. He did those things all the time. He did them in the games and, you know, Flames Nation was able to watch it and see it on Saturdays. And it's just really cool now to see the national media kind of watch it and see it take over um, and see his play and people be like, Oh my gosh, did you got, did you see this? I mean, this sidearm throw he made or, you know, the play that he made in the end zone last week where he, you know, he broke a tackle from a defensive, you know, a defensive end and ran out of pocket and made a throw. I mean, that's stuff that he did all the time, you know, and we saw it all the time. It's just funny now to see it on, on sports center and see those, those, you know, people talk about it. Like it was the first time they'd ever seen anything like that. Yeah. And it also like when he was doing that, you, you a lot of the times I was like, you know, but when he gets to the NFL, is he going to be able to break through that tackle? Is he going to be able to be the strongest and the fastest? And one, the one, the run that we've seen, I think it was from his first preseason game, the run that we've seen where he scored his first rushing touchdown, the way he outran those guys was the same exact way he outran uh, defenses in college. It was like, oh, well, there's not going to be much difference here with with hit the, the difference in speed. So, uh, yeah, it's been cool from a fan perspective, too. Uh, Kyle, listen, I much appreciate your time tonight. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on throughout the season. Um, you know, good luck with everything. And, uh, I know it's cool to be a fan and, and, uh, you know, again, you're in one of those positions where you, you, you do have a lot of this inside kind of information that, and you've, uh, being a coach so recent. So, uh, you know, expect, expect you to kind of, uh, uh, lay low and, and play the party line here for a few years, but, in about five years, I expect you to come all out and 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 come on here, and we'll be asking a little. We won't be throwing fastballs down the middle anymore. We'll throw you a few curveballs. How about that? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, no, I, I mean I appreciate it, and I, you know, I love that staff and those guys, and and want the best for them, and and know what they go through, and know what their families go through. So um, I'll be cheering loud for all of them. Awesome, thank you very much, man. And uh, it looks like it is time to. Head over to the Liberty line for the first time this uh, first time. I think it's actually his second time doing it, but uh, uh, first time this season, he'll be doing it this season. The Liberty line with our friend Richie Longshots, uh, his Twitter handle, I'm sure will be on here if you haven't followed him on Twitter. Um, now, listen, let me say this. Let me say this. All right. I believe gambling is probably against the Liberty way, and uh, I don't. Uh, I don't encourage gambling to make a living. I myself am terrible at it. And, uh, you know, and uh, I have always been warned that it is one of the addictive behaviors that can, that lead to financial stress and all that. So if that's you and you're not gambling, just enjoy it for the entertainment value and kind of get that. But 
but for some of us we do like to we do like to uh hear his takes so that we can try to make a little bit of money and have a little bit of fun so i uh, just wanted to kind of get that out of the way i know that i know that there's some of that out there but for the for the majority uh he is a really entertaining and honestly if you look at sports through the lens of vegas uh, you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot by the odds and how they go up and down and what the public thinks of your team. And uh, if your expectations are too high, it is uh, it is not not too hard to look at how many wins does Vegas think you're going to have. And uh, that can set your proper expectations. So even if you don't gamble, listening to these odds and what Vegas and the public thinks can be a great way to uh, set your own expectations as a fan. So without further ado, here is the Liberty Line. All right, you Degenerate Flames fans, Richie Longshots here on the Liberty Line, and we have made it. We survived the dog days of betting in the summer when all we have to bet on are baseball nerfies and sports in countries that we've never heard of. But that's in the past, and we have college football in our future. And I'll tell you what, I haven't been this excited since the girl I was seeing gave me the answers to the Philosophy 201 final. And I am ready to wet the beak, gamble a little bit, and see where this season takes us. And whether you're someone who's new to betting on sports or you're a seasoned vet, there's a little bit of something for everyone here on the Liberty Line. Now, we don't play during week zero, which is fine, but that doesn't mean that we can't start throwing a little bit of money at Liberty football. Now, one of the more popular bets that's out there that you can make before a season starts is to bet on how many games a team will win during the regular season. Now, it's important to note a couple things before we dive in. And one of those things is that this is regular season only. Bowl games are not going to count. In the future, a conference championship game is not going to count for this. So this is only the games that we have on our schedule currently. The other thing I want to note is that it's important to shop around. And that means to look at different books, look at different lines, and where you can get the most value is where you want to place that bet. So whether it's DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, Bet365, there's so many books out there in so many states, you'd be doing an injustice to yourself not to do that research and try to find a line that fits what your beliefs are. Now, right now, most books have this line at seven and a half, which means in order to win, Liberty has to win eight of their regular season games for you to cash that ticket. Now, some people, I know Chad got this at six and a half earlier in the summer. Uh, mostly it's at seven and a half. So for all intensive purposes, we are going to move forward today talking about this line being at seven and a half. So I went in and I looked at the schedule and I've broken down all of our games into three categories. Favorites, underdogs, and coin flips. Now, favorites are the games that I'm pretty sure that we're going to win. We're going to be favorites by more than seven points, probably double digits. And that's going to be the New Mexico State, UConn, Gardner-Webb, UMass, and Akron. Our coin flip games are going to be UAB, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss. I think those games, the spread is going to be within a touchdown, and it really could go either way. And then games where we're going to be underdogs. So I think we're going to be seven-point underdogs or more uh, in the Tech game, Wake, BYU, and Arkansas. So I'm going to assume that we win those five favorites flat out. I mean, it's a pretty soft schedule. Shout out to my boy Turtle uh, playing UMass and UConn. So I'm going to go in and chalk those five games up as a win right now. That leaves seven other games for us to win three. Now, oh, I just won a soccer bet. Good. We're, we're keeping it rolling. That's what we do on the Liberty line. Uh, I just won like 180 bucks on a $15 bet. We're keeping it moving. Back to topic, long shots. All right. So of those coin flip games, we got to win two out of the three. And I think it's possible. But what worries me is that two of those three coin flip games are happening very early in the season. That Southern Miss game, it's only three and a half point. Uh, we're only three and a half point favorites right now. So that game honestly really could go either way. UAB is going to be a tough game too. New coach, again, it could go either way. And then Wake Forest. 
there is a real risk where we start that season 0-3. I don't think it happens, but it's it's you have to at least acknowledge that it's possible. And if that's the case, it's going to be very difficult to get eight wins throughout the rest of the schedule. So two of the three of the coin flip games and then winning one of the underdog games, which I definitely think is possible. We've beaten Virginia Tech before. We've hung close with, with, with BYU. Wake does not have their starting quarterback. Hopefully everything works out with him. Um, and Arkansas obviously is an SEC school, but eight's going to be tough. And at the end of the day, we're gambling to make a little bit of money and have a little bit of fun. So to me, I look at it this way, bet the under, and if the season doesn't go the way we think it's going to go, and we only end up with seven wins, you, at least you made a little bit of money or you bet the under. And we win eight games and you get to celebrate that Liberty football is going to another bowl game, showing some success with some great wins. So with that scenario and the fact that there's so many questions at quarterback, I just think about the kicking game with so many questions. How many games are we going to you know, need a field goal that, that might not be there for us? I lean the under. Um, in Hugh Freeze's three years here, uh, he's only won over uh, eight games once and that was uh the the big year with Malik the other two years we ended up with seven regular season wins which is still great bowl wins absolutely but from the gambling perspective eight wins is going to be tough to get I personally hope I'm wrong but that's just me so first pick of the year Liberty team total under seven and a half but if you're ready to make some money this weekend we have live division one college football on tv the marquee matchup for week zero is Nebraska against Northwestern. This game is taking place in Dublin, Ireland, with Nebraska being 13-point favorites. There is no one in college football that is sitting on a hotter seat than Scott Frost. They need to come out this year firing, or he might be gone by the time New Year's hits. Uh, they beat Northwestern last year 56-7. to It was uh, probably the, the highlight of their season. They have a brand new quarterback in there. Adrian Martinez is gone, and I think this is a spot. All eyes are going to be on them. Scott Frost is going to have them ready to go, and I, I can see that them winning easily by two touchdowns, maybe even three. Uh, Nebraska finished the year last year. They didn't win games, but they played a lot of really good teams. The Big Ten was stacked, but they played a lot of good teams close. Um, when you see that, you see a team that believes in their coach. I think they believe in Scott Frost, so I could see them coming out and really trying to win week one with all eyes on them. Scott Frost knows this is important, and I think two touchdowns. Uh, they're going to run it up. They're in Dublin, all eyes on them. Scott Frost knows it. Nebraska minus 13. Now, once that game goes final, Utah State and UConn should be kicking off. Utah State was a sleeper team last year. They went in, I think they went 10-3. and three. They won a bowl game. Solid program, uh, definitely moving in the right direction, playing a UConn team that is hot garbage. Uh, one of the worst teams in college football. We were playing them at UConn later in the year, and Utah State, I think, is going to really go for it. Uh, they play Alabama the following week, so this is their opportunity to get out there, run up a score, build some momentum, so they're going into Alabama uh, as hyped as possible, ready to roll. Uh, so Utah State... 27 and a half minus 27 and a half. I wouldn't play it if it got up to, you know, 29 or 30, but I think within four touchdowns, I think they should win by 28. So that's the number. If you see it higher, if you love it, great, but I'm keeping that uh, under 28 or under is where I'm going to touch it. I think they roll UConn stinks out loud. All my true degenerates know one of the best games every week is the late night Hawaii game. When Hawaii is at home, they kick off at like 1030 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the game's on it's like CBS Network. It's sometimes on Facebook. There's been times the game's not even aired, and I'm forced to just look at updates on Twitter. But it is the best game to watch. You go through the slate. Uh, you're either down, you're up, you're doubling down your winnings, you're chasing your losses, and you're doing it at a school thousands of miles away from where you're probably at. And Hawaii opens the season at home against Vanderbilt. Hawaii is getting six and a half points and I love Hawaii in this spot. Vanderbilt's traveling all the way across the country. It's going to take them too long to get their inner clock working. Those guys are going to have to play a game at 10.30 at night their time. Hawaii is going to be ready to go. It is a tough place to play in the island. And I'm not giving you three, three straight favorites. I'm giving you an underdog. 
Hawaii plus six and a half, 1030 Saturday night kickoff. One of the best uh, games to get in on every week. Hawaii at home. Check it out. Hawaii plus six and a half. Vanderbilt stinks too. That wraps up our first edition, week zero of the Liberty Line. I'm hoping this year, give you some winners, give you some losers, maybe make you laugh along the way. Just remember, if you do have some winners, tithe 10%. Want some good vibes, some good juju, and I think tithing is in the Bible, 10%, something like that. I don't know. I got C's in all the religion classes at Liberty, so I'm not the guy to ask. Remember, don't gamble money you don't have, all that good stuff. I don't want to get sued or anything or end up the reason someone ends up in Gamblers Anonymous. But I'm Richie Longshots, and this was the Liberty Line. Oh, man, Richie. I cannot believe I didn't listen to that before I actually played it. I have built a relationship with Richie Longshots over the last year, and I trusted him. And you know what? He delivered. He came through. That was fire. That was phenomenal. I loved every second of it. Um, But uh, I will say this. We are going to keep tabs on his picks and uh, see how how good he is. And uh, because if you make us laugh and our wallets still shrink, then uh then then that is no bueno for the podcast all right uh wanted to mention two things here one is that we are going to work on some of the video uh issues we've had uh especially with the ian interview as a long interview pre-recorded we got some got some ways talked already talked with the producer we got some ways to kind of clean that up and get it better for for next week also um you know i just wanted to say thank you guys this is uh we're going to uh watch the uh me and John had a schedule breakdown. We we released it earlier in the week, and uh, we had a lot of fun um, doing that. And we went game by game, so we'll watch that, and that'll be the end of the podcast and first live. Uh, boy, this is uh, this is different. Normally, we're going like twenty minutes, and it's just me and John talking. Here we are, an hour in, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Can't wait to do this every week going forward. Um, and yeah, we'll have another great show planned for you. I think we're going to try to do this Tuesday nights going forward about 830. So I have another great show lined up for you next week. Um, and until then, uh, again, shout out my man, Nick Kirby behind the scenes here, uh, doing all the producing and, and kind of figuring out how to do all this stuff. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Shout out to Kyle DeArmond. Uh, You know, I, I, I want to just comment on Kyle real quick. He, he, uh, He's probably in a tough spot. I know he probably, if he says anything that that gives away any of the trade secrets or he's just too critical, I'm sure he will hear from some of his uh, friends and and on the coaching staff, if not the head man himself. Uh, So Kyle walks the line there and, and, and and you guys know that we're, we're not that, not that way. We're not trying to play gotcha or break any of that type of news. So uh, good job, Kyle and Ian, uh, as always, thank you very much. uh, and being so gracious. I, wanted to comment on on something Ian said and that is uh that about the bowl games uh some of those bowl games uh are pretty impressive it's it's a lot a big step up also uh I don't know how you guys are feeling but the comments he's making about the TV agreements have me really excited I uh I, I'm leaning ESPN I'm thinking it's ESPN I have no inside knowledge here but just the just to hear uh, some of the comments, I would love it to be ESPN. That's what I'm hoping for. If not, you know, I'll be watching anyways, wherever it's at. So uh, with that, we will talk to you guys next week and let's uh, let's watch that schedule breakdown. And uh, and you guys can get so how this is going to work is tomorrow morning. We will have the audio uploaded as a podcast. So this entire show will be a podcast um, tomorrow morning. Audio live stream, obviously, on Tuesday nights at 830 uh, going forward. And then you can also rewatch the entire video back on either Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube will catalog it as well. So you can go back and watch the entire show that way as well. And uh, thanks again to Jason Porter. Um, he will be joining us next week, I believe. And then uh, we also, uh, and RT Rogers and Greg Rogers and uh, Jacob Trout, appreciate you over there. And and uh, Jake Vanneman, um, those guys working over at RT Rogers and keeping that family business going and uh, succeeding and thriving there in Hinton, West Virginia. So shout out you guys. Appreciate all you're doing. So uh, with that, you guys have a great night. And uh, let's watch this, uh, this final interview here.
All right, John. Uh, man, what a podcast slash live first episode so far. Um, a lot of content. So um, yeah, it's going to be a good season. Happy to have with us the creator, founder, all things the Sea of Red, my good friend, John Manson. Uh, John, how's it going? Doing good, Chad. Appreciate you putting all this together. It's good stuff. A lot of hard work this summer. Yep. So uh, you can tell that we are recording uh, because it's daylight behind John. And when you're watching this, it'll be nighttime. But, um, you know, uh, we're going to go through our game by game schedule predictions to see, uh, you know, what we have for the season and, um, you know, see where we agree, where we disagree and kind of why why maybe uh, we have the things we have. So I'll just go ahead and start out Southern Miss on the road. Um, that game is looks like September 3rd, seven o'clock night game. Um, I got the flames winning that even though we're an underdog. So an upset win for the flames, uh, you know, a lot of go, a lot that goes into that pick. Mainly I think that uh, Hugh freeze has had this game circled since he got to Liberty. And since it was put on the schedule, I think this is his alma mater, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's from that part of the state and um, you know, he he's going to go down there and uh, they're going to have their best game plan in place. And uh, definitely think that this is a big one. Plus, it's such a big part of the season, uh, season opener. So, uh, yeah, I got the Flames winning handily as an underdog. So take that to Vegas. Well, I think uh, I may look wrong, but I think Liberty's about a three to four point favor. At least they were when it opened. It may have moved. I haven't checked recently, but it it. I think at the bottom line, this game is, you know, and some people don't like using this terminology, but I think it's kind of a toss up game. It's one of those games that, that could go either way. I mean, Southern Miss was down a last year, and they've been down the last couple of years. I think they were three and nine last year. And, and uh, you know, it's on the road, first game of the year. Liberty be breaking in a new quarterback. We still, as of recording, don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Um, although we may have some some idea, um, then throw in the wrench that you know Sam Gregg, the offensive line coach, uh, is there, and he's there all. All right, we are going to end there. That recorded that um, that interview with John is over on YouTube. It was uh, we got a little bit of. Uh, mess up there with the streaming of quality of it so go over to youtube watch that recording with john as we break down the entire schedule i will give you a a little bit there john and i agreed on everything except for two games but we both have the same the same uh same outcome the same um record so go watch that and uh and we will uh we will call that a night been a fun been a fun hour and 10 minutes and uh, we'll do it again next time. Hopefully we'll clean it up a little bit and uh, you guys will uh, get a little bit better broadcast next time. But there was a lot introduced tonight, a lot of new features, and uh, it was fun. So we will see you guys next Tuesday night.